Hey everybody, it's Rebecca and I'm with the Dollars and Cents with Clinch Pal podcast. We are so glad you're here today. We're talking to Tori Boggs of the United Way of Greater Knoxville today. We're going to be talking about nonprofits and all this exciting stuff going around with nonprofits. And Stace, as you can see, is virtual with us today. Hey, Stace. Hello from Cumberland County. Hey, hey. How's it going? It's good today. I'm glad to see you both and I'm excited to hear what's going on in your world. Yes, we're super excited that Tori, that you decided to be here with us today. And so um, first, let's learn about you. Who are you and where do you come from? My Who, are you, Tori? Who are you, <laughs> I yeah. am not a local girl, okay. actually. Okay. I have been in Knoxville for about 11 years now, so oh. quite some time at this point. But mm -hmm. um, I'm originally from the Chicago suburbs, but on the Indiana side, so yeah. Northwest Indiana. Mm -hmm. um, and I have spent most of my time in social work. So I started oh. as a case manager manager and did a lot of work in foster care, early intervention, some child and adult mental health, and some school stuff, um, wow. and then took a little foray into digital marketing, <laughs> which was quite the change, Yeah. Uh, but ended up doing some strategy and operations work before coming to the United Way um, to, wow. to, to do grant making. Wow, that's I have to say, amazing. I'm pretty excited because for someone who's not a local from Knoxville, you are representing with your outfit today. You got the orange thing happening. <laughs> right. Go Bulls. <laughs> well, that's exciting. And and I'm not a local girl either. Uh, I'm from Kentucky originally, so I understand. But I love East Tennessee. And I think that all of us do. And one of the reasons why I was drawn here was for this work. Mm -hmm. You know, to be, I've been in nonprofit now. This is my 12th year. And so I was drawn to come here and to bring my knowledge, skills, and abilities to this region of the country. And mm -hmm. I, I knew I'm an Appalachian girl through and through, mm -hmm. always will be. I'd spent a lot of times in the uh, in the Midwest, uh, in Ohio. But all of this to say is that nonprofit work, and I always tell people, you know, no matter where I live, there's always going to be poverty and there's always going to be a need for the social um, solutions, you know? And so that's kind of job security for us folks in yep. a sense. <laughs> So, so we're really excited about that. So, so let's talk a little bit about United Way mm -hmm. and there's an organization, I guess it's within United Way now, the Alliance for Better Nonprofits. Yes. And we're members, but we want to learn and educate our subscribers about what is ABN or the Alliance for Better Nonprofits. Yeah. So Alliance for Better Nonprofits is a program of the United Way of Greater Knoxville. It was started in 2014, oh. and its mission is really to help organizations build their capacity so they can be more efficient and effective in fulfilling their missions, which right. will then result in helping their communities better. Nice. So we offer things like trainings. We do consulting. So if organizations need like a one-on-one -on -one person to come and meet with them to talk about fundraising, that tends mm -hmm. to be a really big one. Mm -hmm. um, we can help match make organizations with consultants um, mm -hmm. and then help kind of facilitate that, that um, meeting. And then we also do things like networking events where people can meet in person and just kind of be with other nonprofit yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to kind of remove yourself from your space, but meet some other people doing similar work. Sure. Um, and we also have a really cool program that I've been excited about to learn about um, is Onboard. So hmm. this is a program where we actually work with people who are not normally in nonprofits. Um, yeah. They normally work for corporations or other for-profit places, but we help train them 
in how to be on a board. So it's really learning about the mm. specifics of what it, how nonprofits work, mm. what you need to do to be a good board member. Um, mm. Cause we know our nonprofits need good board members <laughs> um, that yes. know what they're doing. And then at the end of that process, we actually help match make those people who have gone through the program with mm -hmm. nonprofits who are in need. And so that's a really cool way to support nonprofits outside of even just training and the consulting. That's amazing. Wow. I think it's really interesting because when you think of nonprofits, right, you're thinking of maybe a company or an organization that literally doesn't make any money, right? Like how are they surviving? Mm -hmm. So I think that there's kind of a misconception when it comes to how nonprofits operate and the board is really the defining piece. And so I love that you guys are offering that board training because so many times, I know I see it here in my area, a lot of the boards are appointed by our county or city mayor, okay. the board members. So you you may get a call and say, hey, you know, this is mayor so-and-so, and we would love to have you on this board. Well, that's really, you know, it's a really sweet honor. And of course you want to help out, but you have no idea. Right. Like, what do we do? Like, what do I do now that I'm on a board? What, you yeah. know, what does that mean? But it's so important because the board really drives that organization and an active board that's involved, like the one that we have at Clinch Pal, mm -hmm. it makes every bit of difference versus somebody that came onto a board because they were asked to, they're not quite sure what to do. They want to be involved, but, but there's no playbook. Yeah, I think that's really great. So how would somebody, if, if I wanted to say, hey, I want to be on a board for somewhere in Knoxville, I'm new to the area, but, you know, I'm I, I work in this community or I work in this organization. So what do I do now? Yeah, so we actually offer the onboard program once in the fall and once in the spring. So it's on the website, betternonprofits.org. If you go to services at the top, there's a little drop down and onboard is listed there. So that'll give a lot of the specifics. But one of the cool things that we've been doing too, which is what I've been learning more about, is the fact that we can also offer a customized version. So if you are at an organization and you think, oh, I want to go out and do this. There may be others in your organization who want to do that as well. And sometimes those organizations, those for-profit organizations will actually pay for a group to go through and do an onboard program. So we wow. can actually create a customized version as well. That's in the same place. The info is there on the website, but that's something where we can actually build it and help that organization kind of build their leaders too, right? Wow. Because people that are serving on boards are learning all these skills that will also translate to the workplace. Oh, wow. Wow. That's that's incredible. And I know just to echo what Say said, we have an amazing board here. Mm -hmm. And in my 12 years of nonprofit, I've seen some doozies. <laughs> I've seen some that people don't show up. People mm -hmm. are dead in the water. So this this onboard program, I made note of it. That's that's amazing. And that's incredible. And we're really grateful that it even exists, right? Yeah. So what about folks that, um, I know when I first got out, uh, got out, <laughs> when I left <laughs> government, when I got out of state I'm government. Still, I'm still doing my time. She's been released. So yeah. I was released from state government. <laughs> but when I first ventured out into the nonprofit world, I met a lot of people in the community, kind of grassroots that were doing great work, but did not 
have a board in place, did not have an official, you know, 501c3 designation. Mm -hmm. So what about those folks? Could they come to ABN or do you, do you want, do you meet people where they are or do they, do they have to have something in place first? How does that work? Yeah, we, we really meet organizations where they are. So it really first starts with a conversation typically or an email exchange, whatever works better, but we'll actually talk about what the needs are. We Mm -hmm. do have an organizational assessment. If you're a, if you're a member, you can do that. Mm -hmm. It is very extensive, (laughs) Um, but it's really helpful because it really helps lay out where there's opportunities for improvement and even just pointing out things that you may not know as a brand new nonprofit that you need to do. So it really helps with some of those best practices and things like that. Mm -hmm. We also have a great connection with the UT Law Clinic who will actually work with nonprofits to help them set up their 501c3, those documents that you need. Um, So we can help facilitate that introduction. They do that work, but we, we kind of help connect and really helping organizations understand maybe where they can start. Cause I think it can be really overwhelming, especially yes. when you're first starting, right? You're yes. like, well, I need a board and I need to do fundraising and I yes. need to find people <laughs> to do the programming and all these things. And so being able to have staff that you can talk to, to really help work through what might be a quick win, what can we get started with? Right. Um, we also have a lot of online trainings, which is great. So those are available anytime on demand. Um, you can go through the library and be like, okay, today I'm like ready to sit down and do some fundraising work. Um, there's probably a great training for you there that you can log on um, and find. Is there a fee for this kind of stuff? So the membership itself is based on the organization size. Um, so there is a fee for the membership, but once you're in there, there's a lot of free opportunities. And then some of the trainings are paid. We also try to offer free. We're kind of balancing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically they're around $25 or something yeah. like that for the training. So the trainings aren't too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the cool things that we've actually done as United Way of Greater Knoxville too, is we've recognized that there is a need for capacity building with organizations. Okay. And so we launched a capacity building grant specifically, and it does fit in our whole grant making footprint. So that is Knox, Granger, Claiborne, Union and Jefferson County. Um, And so organizations can apply for that. And that could be a full certificate. So ABN um, also offers certificates. So if you had a staff member who is maybe newer to nonprofits and needing some help with fundraising, they can sign up for you know, a variety of classes and end up with a fundraising certificate at the end of that. And that's something that the United Way would pay for or at least contribute to as part of this grant process if you were awarded that grant. Hmm. Wow. I'm like, I'm just kind of blown away because I know fundraising, there's so many laws Mm -hmm. that pertain to fundraising. If I had, I I came from the media side, so I came from broadcasting. Mm -hmm. And if I had a nickel for every time I saw an organization that wanted to do like a money raffle and having to explain that can't really do that. Yeah, that <laughs> actually lots. just came up the other day in a training. Somebody was like, <laughs> we can't do that. And they were like, no, yeah. we can't. Yeah, yeah that's called gambling and it's not allowed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the government wants their share of that one. So yeah. yeah. That, that's, but that's, yeah. that's one of the great things too, is our staff is available for those kinds of phone calls too. Like mm-hmm. we, we enjoy talking to nonprofits and helping them work through things. So especially mm-hmm. those like quick questions where it's like, can I do this? Most of the time we have the answer and can kind of help be a point of contact to help you figure that out. Or if we can't, we can point you in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, I think, isn't National Nonprofit Day coming up this month? 
I think we tried to align. I think it might be tomorrow. <laughs> Look that up real quick, Stace. Can you surprise? Yeah, <laughs> day. And so I think that that's why we, you know, we wanted to tie it and connect it to, you know, the services you all provide because we're members. Clinch Powell's a member of ABN and we, we really enjoy, I mean, I have gotten so many trainings. I got some fundraising consultation. Mm -hmm. So it's just really been robust and really, really helpful. So, um, you know, we want to celebrate nonprofits. We are we are collaborators at Clinch Pal. And, you know, I saw, I was telling Stace about this. It says the comp, the competitors at, are at the bottom. The collaborators are at the top. Ooh. That's right. I know. And it was right. kind of like, huh. You know, but sometimes uh, in the nonprofit world, and I'm sure we've all seen it, some folks are very much competitors where they could be collaborators. And so yes. they're trying to compete and like, we want it and you can't have any of it rather than coming together. So do you see that much, Tori? Do you see more collaboration here, especially in East Tennessee? What's your kind of feel for it at this point? Yeah, I have been seeing a lot more. And I wonder if a lot of that is kind of because it became a necessity during the pandemic. Like organizations mm -hmm. realized I can't do this by myself. And so yeah. I need additional support. Right. I think also there's been a lot of moves from funders who are funding more collaborative projects. So yes. that kind of, that creates that incentive um, <laughs> right. to do it. But organizations, from what I've heard, are really enjoying that collaboration. Yes. Even organizations who may have been a little bit hesitant at first with some of those grants and things like that are seeing the real benefit of working with other organizations. Yes. Um, I actually had a great story. Um, we have something called the Community Healing Fund, um, mm -hmm. which is one of our grant processes. And it has been a cohort. So there's, you know, um, all of these leaders of the nonprofits are meeting together monthly. Mm -hmm. And one of the stories that someone told is through that, they met with the committee who made the grant decisions and they actually made a connection so that they can collaborate with a larger nonprofit. So this is a very small nonprofit. Sure. Um, and now she doesn't have to pay overhead for her space because Same. that nonprofit has said, I already have the space and I have the people who need your programming. What if you do it here? And she was like, now I don't have to pay to transport. I don't yeah. have to pay for the building and space anymore. No. And that is just such a load off, especially for smaller nonprofits. And so I think that people are really trying to be creative and look for those kinds of opportunities. That's well, there's definitely strength in numbers. And we're we're a part of FAHI, which is the Federation of Appalachia Housing Enterprises. And being a part of that coalition, that's a mouthful too, let me just say that. <laughs> being a part of that coalition mm -hmm. and being able to work with other like-minded housing and um, conservation types of, of solution makers is yeah. how I like to say solution makers is really, really powerful. And yes, nonprofit, National Nonprofit Day is on August 17th. So we're just going to, we're just going to celebrate it all month long. We're just going <laughs> to celebrate because the folks who are doing this work really are in the trenches every day being those solution makers, mm -hmm. you know, here's a problem. And this is why I formed this nonprofit right. to be able to address that problem. Just like how Clinch Pal started, mm -hmm. there were some conservation issues that were seen and Clinch Pal's originators, you know, said, Hey, we've got some solutions and then everything snowballs. Right. So I think being able to be that collaborative partner Mm -hmm. and say, hey, we're all in this together, doing things a little bit differently and maybe taking a little different population piece. Yep. But together, the impact that we have for greater collaborative funding 
for greater impact is really limitless. So I really appreciate the work that you're doing, kind of harass, harassing, kind of harnessing all of us, not harassing us, harnessing us. Because I mean, as we all know, I mean, it can be a little bit like herding cats sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's hard because everyone's so busy, right? So you're trying to create spaces where collaboration can happen. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I think that it's really important that we do that and figure out great ways to do that. Yeah, I, I like that. I haven't attended one yet, but you have like uh, leadership coffees or something. What yeah, are you talking about? Conversation. That? Yeah. 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 So I heard coffee. Where do I sign up? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So they are networking events. Um, so we bring nonprofit, you know, the nonprofit community is invited. A lot of people come. It creates a space where you can kind of seek out new collaborations. You can also just find people maybe who do a similar job if you want to talk a little bit about you know your work and maybe how you can improve or great ideas and insights that you had that you want to share. Sure, sure. So it's a space where organizations can really be together. What I've what I've found that's very interesting is just having people in the same space creates so much opportunity for collaboration. It's just if we're all separate, there's just it's so much harder to do it. But mm -hmm. as soon as you put people in a room, all kinds of ideas are happening yeah. just because they're next to each other and having that opportunity to talk. Mm -hmm. That synergy, you know, mm -hmm. there's nothing like it when you, you can just feel it. You can feel it flowing through the room. And that's a, mm -hmm. that's a beautiful thing. And, and as, as uh, Stay said, you know, our founding uh, director is still with us 34 years later. She is still leading the helm and one of the best collaborators I've ever seen. Uh, you she's know, 37 now. So we're really excited. You know, she started this book. And she's yeah. Really she started as an infant. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So she's 37 now, but, but she, I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing. And when leaders from all local nonprofits, it, it would be a beautiful thing if all leaders had that, that, that collaboration um, method, methodology and mm -hmm. a way of work. So, you know, it's really, um, it's great. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times people get into nonprofits and, you know, let's just be real. Some people don't get in for the right reasons. Right. And when we hear those things mm -hmm. and, and hear those terrible stories about fraud and all these other things that happen and and people getting the money and not program doing any programming at all. But they go on some big trip to Greece or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we know that happens. So how does I mean, is that something I know it's not on our talking points, but is this it's kind of came to mind. Yeah. But is this something that um, that ABN even looks at? Like, how how does that work? How 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 are nonprofits, I mean, obviously with the IRS, we have to report, mm -hmm. but is there anything on the local level or something that ABN, ABN may be doing to kind of help with that? I think not as much that. Mm -hmm. I do think through our grant making, the United Way of Greater Knoxville does a lot of that mm -hmm. through kind of the site visits and the grant applications right. and right. things like that. So that tends to be a little more on that end of where that comes in. That um, I do think that, we, if an instance of fraud happened or something, ABN is able to help the organization kind of recover from that and give yeah. some pointers on like what next steps should be. I know we had an organization that um, had some issues. And so we were able to provide them with like, here's, here's what you should do, right? Like you need That's to go and talk to funders. You need to explain what steps you've taken mm -hmm. and those kinds of things so that organizations are not just... Um, pushed aside because something bad happened sure. when there's also a lot of good people who are probably doing great work in that organization <laughs> yes, and yes. just that one person. Exactly. Um, so I do think that there's an opportunity for ABN to assist um, kind of on the back end of that, but they're not really doing anything on the front end that would like catch anything like yeah. that. Or preventative. Okay, so Tori, so I'm new. I'm decided that I want to start my nonprofit to solve XYZ problem. Where do I start? 
So I think emailing or calling ABN is the best bet. Um, And we will make sure that you're connected to the right person. Typically, it'll be a conversation. um, And actually, we'll ask a lot of questions about, you know, what that problem is, what kinds of research you've done into it as well. Um, I often will also point organization or people who are looking to start new organizations to other organizations that are doing similar work for the same kind of thing of collaboration, right? So make sure that you talk to these people so you understand what they're doing and how your work might be different mm-hmm. or if it's the same, right? What does, what does that look like? Um, so is there funding available? Like, can I, can I look to you to help me? Do you have grants or United Way to help burgeoning nonprofits? Not, not necessarily to get started. Typically after you're kind of started or for programming or capacity building specific to gaining those skills, there would be opportunities, but things like um, the funding for the paperwork, probably not necessarily, Uh, but we could make those connections. And a lot of that because of the work with UT Law Clinic and things like that is actually free. So our focus is a little bit more in terms of our grant making on how can we help you understand what you need to do to build your organization and follow best practices and things like that. So it'd be a lot more kind of connecting to possibly a consultant who would walk you through those steps. Um, Or again, if you had something specific where you're like, okay, well, I've done a lot of this nonprofit work, but I have this little area where I'm not quite as sure because that wasn't my role before. I need somebody to walk me through it. Hmm. That's so wonderful because there's so many people out there that have hearts for this work. And this mm-hmm. work takes heart. Mm-hmm. It takes heart and it takes passion and compassion. But what, so let's shift gears a little bit. So what's the state of the nonprofit sector these days? Are we still the solution? Do you see us as the solution to solve all these problems? <laughs> I, I do think that we're the solution. And I yeah. think that we have a really good opportunity right now. There's a lot of things that are hard. Yeah. Um, you know, coming out of the pandemic, there's a lot of funding that has gone away. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, whether that's from the the government or donors or funders. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that that's helping organizations be creative, uh, which, I mean, we don't, we don't want to be put in a space (laughs) to be creative, but there is opportunity there. And I think that because of the things that we've learned from the pandemic about how we have to collaborate and those kinds of things, now we're kind of better equipped in that way. Um, I see organizations and nonprofits actually doing a lot of work between sectors too, Mm -hmm. which I think is really great. So if an organization is focused on health, they're not just focused on health, they're starting to understand how that health is impacting all these other areas of a person Mm -hmm. that they're helping serve. And so I think that organizations are not necessarily, you know, figuring out how they can do that work too, right? Like housing is a great example. Your health, like housing is is impacting health, right? Yeah, absolutely. But a person who's like focused on health would want to reach out to a nonprofit who's already doing housing <laughs> to yeah. help that person and not necessarily take on housing themselves. Um, so I think that there's a lot of good um, opportunity there. Yeah. And I, I we have a great example that um, several years ago, gosh, what's it been three now, four years? Wow. We, uh, I was at another organization that's in the same networks, as she mentioned, Fahi. And um, we went to some meetings with a new uh, healthcare system that moved to town. And they were talking about social determinants, determinants of health, which mm-hmm. are now social drivers of health. Yep. And housing wasn't even on the radar. radar. Oh, really? And so we as housing builders <laughs> like, hey, uh, you know, if you have a bad house, you're not going to be healthy. Right. You have an unhealthy house. So 
through that work though, and that collaborative mindset, that was the key is the collaborative mindset. Instead of just like, well, they're, they're messing up and they're wrong. We went to them and said, Hey, we have a proposal here. Let's work mm-hmm. together. And it was clinch pal and maybe four or five other organizations across state lines, which was even more because mm-hmm. this healthcare system crossed is Kentucky, Tennessee, and Virginia. Mm-hmm. So we had folks from Virginia and Tennessee collaborating together across state lines around health and housing. And now we're in our third year of receiving funding from that healthcare system. And it was because we we were leaders and we stepped forward instead of stepping back and saying, we don't want to deal with it. We saw that there was a problem and we came with a solution. Yeah. And the solution is now we have a referral system. So the people in the ER departments, there's navigators in their ER facilities that can directly say, oh, this family is facing homelessness or this family is homeless or this family needs, you know, whatever their housing needs are, they can refer them directly to us. And so that, yeah, it was wonderful. And and it all came because we, instead of just stepping back, we stepped forward. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I think anyone in nonprofit, whether you're the director or whether you're the intake specialist or the guy who, you know, comes in and empties the trash can, who, whatever your role is, right that it is an opportunity for leadership. It's an opportunity to step forward and say, we see a problem and we also see a solution. So how can we work together? So, and we love that ABN is part of that solution. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to plug you. So how, like, how can people connect with you guys? Are you on social media? Do you have a website? What's the best way? All of the things. So the website is betternonprofits.org. So that is kind of the best way to find us. Social media links are on there as well. We Mm -hmm. are on Facebook. Um, I don't think we do Twitter a lot, but there is Facebook and there is actually a special Facebook group. If you're a member Mm -hmm. um, that we share additional information on, um, and also it's really just a collaborative space. Like it's not Mm -hmm. just, um, us posting to it, but it's really a space where organizations can ask questions of other organizations. So mm-hmm. that again, collaboration, yeah. let's put our minds together. This doesn't have to be a problem you have to try to solve by yourself. There's other people here to help. Yeah. Um, and then if you wanted to email, um, abn at unitedwaynox.org would be the best email. And we can make sure we connect you to whoever the correct person is for your request. That's wonderful. Gosh. And of course, you can always connect through us as well, right, Miss Rebecca? Of course. You can follow us on all of our social, on, we're on four of the social media platforms. Twitter is kind of interesting these days. It's not even Twitter anymore. It's just but, us. But we're on there and we have a, a wonderful young wonderful, vibrant person that's going to be joining us soon to do all of our social media. And I'm really excited about that because that's something I've been taking on. And I'm really excited to partner with her and have someone strong and that has the energy to do it. So we'll be looking for TikTok dances very soon. Yeah. So you might see us on TikTok. You never know. But we're also, you can check us out on our website too, which will direct you everywhere, which is clinchpal.net. And we try to keep it short and simple, but we, uh, we appreciate you, Tori. We thank you so much for driving out here. Yeah. We're here in Rutledge, as y'all know, where our office is, and we're just really grateful that you came all the way out and that you're here to share this information again, connect with, um, with ABN at betternonprofits.org. Check them out. If you want to get into a nonprofit, if you're interested in housing, you can talk to us because we've been doing it a long time and we can help out with that too. Any last thoughts, Stace? Just thank you. I always, I, I always look forward to the podcast because it's just such great info. And one more thing to add to it, if you are in the Upper Cumberland, Cumberland region, beginning on August 27th, you can join us on WAEWAM in Cumberland County, the Upper Cumberland.
Cumberland because we are launching Dollars and Cents, the radio show. So be sure to join us there as well. Good stuff. Thanks, thanks. Thanks, We appreciate you. Thank you. Uh-huh.